I'm thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. Hey, I pray that you're doing well. In this series, we've been focused on the spiritual disciplines. In this episode, we'll focus on worship. When I outlined this series, worship did not make the cut. I was only going to discuss Bible reading and journaling, prayer, community, silence and solitude, and Sabbath, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But worship has been on my mind almost since we had to quit coming to church because of COVID. My church gets together for the first time in 11 weeks, a couple of days after this episode drops, and I can't wait to be back together with my church family to worship God. Unfortunately, some of us have not worshipped since the beginning of this because we have a huge misunderstanding of what worship truly is. I hope this episode helps us to understand the essence of worship, helps us to get what worship truly is. But before we do, I need you to hear my heart. I love Sundays. I love worshiping with my church family. I love going to church. I dearly love the people that I go to church with. Worship does include singing with our church family, and it also means gathering together with other believers with Jesus as the focus. But I think there's so much more to worship than just an hour on Sunday. The first thing we need to think about is that we all worship something. Some of what we worship is bad. Sex, our title, our position, ourselves, our stuff. Some of what we worship seems good, but it keeps us from properly worshiping God. Football, church, family. That is why I think worship requires discipline. It requires discipline for us to worship the right things. Remember our definition of a spiritual discipline. A spiritual discipline is something we do to put ourselves in the position to deepen our connection with Jesus so that he can change us. Worship puts us in a position to connect deeper with Jesus. I believe that God uses worship to change us and transform us. So here's how I define worship. Worship is my best attempt to properly respond to an awesome God. We can't cover all that the Bible says about worshiping and responding to God in 12 to 15 minutes. So I encourage you, as you read the Bible, to look for different ways that people responded to God or Jesus and see how you can work what you find into your practice of worshiping Jesus. Now let's take a deeper look at some verses to help us capture the essence of worship. John chapter 4, John chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. But the hour is coming. And now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The context of this verse, Jesus is in a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And it turns to the location of worship. Where should we worship? There was a mindset among the Jews that you must worship in the temple. The Samaritans, who did not have access to the temple, worshipped on a mountain. Jesus 
in this passage seems to say that neither are essential. The location of worship does not matter. You can truly worship God anywhere. The second thing is worship is spiritual and mental. Spiritual is like an honest and open connection to God, the core of who we are, connected to the person of who Jesus is. Worship is mental. Followers of Jesus must study to truly worship God. We must be in the Word so we can know who it is we worship. God has revealed Himself in the Bible. The more we know about God, the more we think about God, the more, the deeper our connection will be, the more genuine our worship will be. As we know about God, we can properly respond to God. Not only is worship spiritual and mental, I also think it's emotional and physical. Read through the Psalms to see the emotions of worship. There was joy, there was excitement, there was sadness. Your worship should have an emotional element to it. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 helps us see the physical aspect of worship. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In this passage, we see that worship is an everyday thing. Worship is done every day, not just on Sunday or not just when we sing. Worship is a physical experience. Romans says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means we worship God with our bodies. If we know that God says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, we have an opportunity to worship every time we talk. If we believe that God created sex, we can properly respond to God by living pure lives. No sex outside of marriage, not checking out pornography. If we believe that God is awesome, we should sing loud at times. We should fall on our knees and put our face to the ground because of his majesty. We should clap. We should sit in silence. Throughout the Bible, we see other physical examples of worship. Our eyes lifted, our hands raised, dancing. Take note as you read the Bible for some other ways for you to worship God. Worship is spiritual mental, emotional, and physical. Revelations chapter 4 verse 11 says this, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Another translation says, God, you deserve because. Worship is recognizing God's greatness, recognizing his value, recognizing his worth. We respond to who God is and what he has done. Worship is recognizing God as creator and sustainer of all things. That's why worship is singing and so much more. Here are some things that we can do to practice the discipline of worship. Corporately, I love to worship with my church family. But here are some thoughts to help us respond better to God corporately. We've got to be there on time. We've got to be ready and locked in on the person and work of Jesus. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally, prepare yourselves for the worship experience. We've got to anticipate that God will be there and do something in our lives, individually and collectively. 
It might be that someone responds to the gospel for the very first time. It might be that a relationship be reconciled by God. It might be someone turns from sin. It could be revival that impacts our world breaks out. But we've got to expect and anticipate that God is working in our midst. To personally worship, to properly respond to an awesome God, we have to see every situation as an opportunity to worship Him. We've got to stay in Scripture so you can know who you worship and how to worship. Worship God in the quiet, on your own. Create some personal space to worship an awesome God who has done great things. This week, let's practice the discipline of worship by preparing for corporate worship, by expecting God to work in the middle of our church, and by properly responding to God in the moments of our everyday life. I'm praying that we all make the most of our opportunities to properly respond to an awesome God this week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.